podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This episode contains topics which some viewers may find triggering, including conversation around gambling and alcohol addiction. If you're struggling with any of the topics discussed, please visit this website, www.nhs.uk forward slash live hyphen well. I'd been to rehab at 19. That was for the gambling. Gambling was, was my primary addiction. But then alcohol was creeping in more and more. My behaviour was disgraceful, that trip, in front of Joe Lewis, in front of Daniel Levy, in front of other members of staff, in front of players. I was completely inappropriate. That was putting a slap around the face. I want to say that was my first real slap to reality of like, wow, like that bubble of Tottenham, that's gone. Hi everyone, here we are for another episode of Off The Shelf with me, Michael Dawson, and my co-host, Paul Miles. No, it's not Paul Miles, it's Matt Tarr. Paul Miles is having a bit of time off, so I've got my co-host. Not a problem having you, mate. How's things? Dawes, always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. I sit here and watch you and Milesy do this every week, the other side of the camera, producing this, and I think, I've got to get involved at some point. So when Milesy's off, you know you've got to bring me in, didn't you? Milesy's under pressure. Milesy might not have got the seat back. No, he, come on, Milesy is a legend of this football ah, he's club. He's a legend. He's it's a gotta, legend. It's got to, it's got to happen. Um, but it's a pleasure to sit alongside you, my friend. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So am I. I'm excited to have this guest as well. Uh, yeah, a very special guest. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you introduce this one because this is a guy that you know very, very well. A player that I played alongside. Mm-hmm. A lot younger than me. Still could definitely play, by the way. Absolute machine. Stephen Corker, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Dawes. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you, Stephen. Um, listen, it's an, an honour for us to have you back at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. It's a pleasure to have you sitting on this sofa. Um, we've got to take it all the way back to the very beginning. Because when it comes to off the shelf, we like to go right back to the start, don't we, Dawes? We do. Where it all, all began. Mm-hmm. Started here, not as... Quite as nice as this, <laughs> but it, it started at Tottenham. Spurs Lodge back in the day. Spurs Lodge. Yeah, Spurs What's your Lodge. memories of Spurs Lodge? We're going no, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, hold, We're going to go on, even on. further back. <laughs> We're going to go further back. Long, long, okay. long way back. Go on, Dawes. Gr- yeah. Growing up in Hounslow. Yeah, yeah. Grow- talk, yeah. talk, talk us through that as a as a young Stephen Corker. How was it? So I grew up in Felton down where I went to school in Hounslow. Um, what was it like? I was I was in and out of trouble. Not going to lie, I was one of those that were like. I loved my football. Football was like my escape. When I was out of football, I was mixing with a, a crowd that, you know, some went one way, some went the other way. So football saved me, I'd say. You know, so as a you know, seven, eight, nine-year-old, I just straight into football, head down, and that's where my journey began, you know? It's, just, uh, it's, been, it's been a long, it feels like a long journey. I'm only 31, but it feels like a long, long time since then. What time did you, uh, what age did you come to, to Spurs? What was the first time? Not until 15. 15. Yeah, 15, so grassroots before then? Grassroots, trial after trial after trial. Uh, I was a nervous wreck. I just used to go on trial and I don't know if you, if you experienced it, but I would play Sunday League and be able to perform and, you know, pick up the MOMs and stuff. But then I'd go into the academy and I would just be like, I'm there with a different colour kit on. I don't feel part of it. And I couldn't pass five yards. You know, the nerves just got the better of me. So I went into Reading, QPR, Southampton, Chelsea... God, you name it, I'd, I'd been wow. there and wow. uh, I didn't go into any of them. So it was, it was 15 when you first 15, came. Tottenham, John McDermott, Alex Inglethorpe, Chris Ramsey, they just saw something. Yeah. They went, yeah, after two sessions, two sessions. So That's it's mad, it. right? All those That's years crazy. of trialing and then two sessions and they're like, bang, John McDermott sat in there. That. 
just like, yeah, we want to give you a deal. So That's mad. And do you know what? At mm -hmm. this point, I've got to highlight John McDermott mm -hmm. because I feel like watching you and Milesy talk to whoever the guest has been, that name has been brought up so many times. How important is John McDermott to this football club, Doors? Well, I think an awful lot of players owe him an awful lot wow. of yeah. for, for their careers. Uh, probably no more so than, than Corks. But you were in an era where there was incredible talent in, in that squad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did my B licence with John. So I was coaching Harry Winks, uh, Cam Carter-Vickers, Chris McGoma, those kind of players. And, and John was brilliant for me on the coaching side, but mm -hmm. I was a lot older. But for, for Corks coming in, that's incredible. What? Just yeah. touch on, on John a little bit. Touch on John, God, wow. He wasn't scared to give you the hair dry treatment, <laughs> that's for sure. I had that on a few occasions. Yeah. I needed that though. You know, like where I was, as I said, I was, had a little bit of attitude, was always dipping in out of trouble. And I just had him like, boom, there was really? no nonsense. It was, that's how it was. Alex Inglefort was slightly softer, had a different approach. Chris Ramsey slightly different as well. So, um, John, yeah, how was he? I mean, we used to play games and <laughs> you knew how you played the second you walked off the pitch because it was either give you that little nod of approval or you're getting into the change room and he's giving it to you. And his idea was to pre prepare you for what was to come. I went alone at 17 to League One, you know, and that was certainly the atmosphere there. So, I mean, John helped bring through, I mean, my God, the list of players that we've, we've produced, you yeah. know, I, I think... Name some of them, please. Go name on. some. Yeah. Well, I'll start with Harry Kane. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. year below me, uh, year above me, Andros Townsend, Ryan Mason, uh, Adam Smith, John Obika. Uh, again, come back to my age, you've got John Bostock, Dean Parrott, uh, Tom Carroll, Alex Pritchard, the list goes on. Honestly, yeah, incredible, a, a incredible, ridiculous amount of names. And obviously, you've got just above that uh, the boys we brought in from Sheffield. You've got Carl Norton, yeah. Carl Walker, Danny Rose, Jake Livermore. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, I don't know how or why it's not classed as the the golden generation because I've not seen a team <laughs> apart from United back in the day. I've not seen a team produce as many players in such a short space of time. Mm -hmm. So. The credit goes to John, Alex, Chris, and the others who obviously supported them in, in creating something so special. That's why he's FA Technical Director now. There you go. You see? Man, man at the top. Um, incredible when you've got that. I think when I worked with him on a different level, he wasn't my manager, but I think you look at the discipline, the expectations, the standards, all these kind of things as an academy director. That's what you need, don't you, as an academy player? Yeah. He just... He, I felt special working under him. Yeah. You know, he would text me, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And, you know, I mean, I'm probably, probably safe to say I haven't really had that since. I mean, Colo Torre, yeah, apart from that, in the past however many years, I've not had a manager that goes, how do you think you did today? What about this? What about that? He just, he cared. He really, really cared. And I felt that. And we'd always spend hours after doing extra training and bits and bobs. And Andros used to get sent in for overtraining, <laughs> you know? Really? That's where we were at. That was like the mentality of our age group. Like they would literally have to put the lock on the, the, the shed wow. and say, you can't go out there and train. And then you'd have Yasser Kasim as well. Yes, he was, yeah. for me, he was probably the best player in our, in our youth team. He was incredible, just never quite made the heights, took a slightly different path, but same with him. So that him and Andros would go and train at the local park because it was just, they want to make it, you know, yeah. that was, it, they were so fixated on it. We all were. Um, so it was a good environment to be in. Let's just touch on, Corks, before, before we come into when you came in at 15. Uh, I was looking back at your notes and John and Alex and when you came through the building, you look at your physique, everything, they seen what you had. 400 metre runner. Yeah, I don't know why that's, 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 
They've, they've said this for years. It's actually 800, right? right okay. okay. I have no so idea. stats are wrong. That may have been wrong. It's not your fault, right? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Since, I've, since I first started playing football, they've always said 400. And I'm like, I'm crap at 400. Right, like, okay. I'm, I'm literally crap. I can't time it. You know, it's such a hard run where yeah. you're, you're almost sprinting, but you're not. So I'm crap at 400. Uh, it was 800 metres. Right. But yeah, 800 metres, I was borough champion, county champion, then started running for, I think it was Linford Christie's uh, running club. Wow. Um, and I went all the way up to, to national trials. Wow. And, and then I just had a nightmare that day. I just had a nightmare. National trials, I'm looking at the times before, the qualifying time was eight seconds quicker than I'd ever ran. So I'm right. looking at it, going, I've got no chance, right? So I thought I'd better run how everyone else is running. So the worst mistake you could ever do. Mm -hmm. I then decide I'm gonna sprint the first lap. It turns out I ran 10 seconds slower than I'd than my PB, you know? So I had an absolute nightmare, came off, finished like seven out of eight, and just thought, that's the running done. I'm gonna <laughs> focus on the football, you know? So it was a, it was a turning point for yeah. me, but um, yeah, just I was so caught up in how do I get better? How do I get quicker, you know? So. Um, yeah, they saw that. They, I took that. I also did cross country, so they knew coming into Spurs physically, I was, I was able. It was whether technically, because you know, I, I wasn't the best on the ball, and obviously they spent a long time developing me, trying to improve my my technique. So, was it ever a consideration athletics over football, or was football always going to be deep down what you really wanted to do? Well, it was until that race. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it got, it got, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was that. Really, I parked it. But football was where you know what I loved. Okay. You know, that was your football. passion, right? Yeah, that was my passion. There's, there's no better feeling you get when you get uh, three points on a, on a Sunday back then, or you, you know, pick up man of the match. It's, there was no better feeling for me. So uh, I loved it. Always loved it. You touched on, you touched on there when you were 17. You went for your, your first loan to Yeovil. Mm -hmm. How hard was that at a young age, going away? First team environment, men's football. How hard was it? It was tough. It was helped by the fact I had Ryan Mason alongside me, John Abika alongside me. So all three of us went to Yeovil. Um, I mean, looking back now, we stayed in a B&B for a year, right? I think wow. if you put me now in a B&B &B for a year, I'd struggle. <laughs> I think at 17, they were a year older than me, so they were 18. We were, we were just desperate to make it, you know? Yeah. So we kind of went there and it was like, whatever, stuff we had to deal with, mm -hmm. it didn't really matter because we just had our eyes on, let's yeah. get there. So it was tough transitioning from, you know, the youth team change room, but it wasn't the same as when I then went into, into Yeovil and people are fighting for their mortgages. You know, you're not earning, people have got a perception of footballers that everyone's earning millions. As you're well aware, Dorsey, it's not like that. You know, the top 1%, absolutely. But outside of that, you've got to earn your living. So it was tough, you know, just, when you make a mistake, it wasn't just, ah, oh, next one, it was getting slaughtered. So that was quite hard to, to adapt, but uh, I've got to say I enjoyed it. You know, I look back and I go, it was probably one of my favourite years because I was so excited every week to play against a new team, a new striker, you know, all new experiences. Good foundations for you, what, what was to come further down the line? Definitely, and I had Nathan Jones as assistant, so he obviously was giving me the, the tactical side of it that I needed, and Terry Skiverton was obviously giving me the, he was leading the ship, he was then giving me that, that sort of, what he demanded from me, he really demanded. So they were quite well balanced, I felt. Yeah, well, I mean, you obviously had massive success there because down the line, you were named in their team of the decade yeah. for that era. Yeah. So it must have been a fantastic experience for you playing at Yeovil for that season. Yeah, it was pretty surreal. To be honest, I got like four out of five end of season awards, something, something mad like that. So it was kind of like surreal. I was just this 17 year old, still scrawny, to be honest with you, like hadn't quite filled out. 
and she played with such confidence and like confidence is such a big thing in football so yeah. I just uh, had a really good year and it sort of like brought me back to Spurs where then I actually made my debut which is bizarre right mm. I didn't even know that I made my debut it was only recently I got asked in a podcast and I was like no I made my debut then and I mean well, you wouldn't have been playing, would you? I, you so that's the matter. I kind of figured he was playing in my team. It was Tottenham. We were home to Arsenal. We were home to Arsenal. League we Cup, lost wasn't it? League, League Cup. Cup. We lost four-one yeah. after extra time. Yeah. But who was, was, was you playing? I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, how, how Don't worry. The a... stats look wet. stats are coming. Yeah. They'll be here in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what? A, like it's mad that it's a blur. Yeah. I don't know how it's a blur. Probably because I was so nervous, excited, adrenaline pumping through me. Yeah, but I actually came back and made my debut. So it just it almost just feels like a random part of my career because it was a one-off. I never knew the boys in the changing room. Mm. I never knew you guys. I hadn't been around you, played the game, and then got shipped out on loan mm. again. So it was weird. But yeah, it was only the other day I realised it was my debut. I think so. that's why it's weird because you mentioned it there. Mm. You were on loan at Yeovil. You come yeah. back, yeah. you make your debut, and then literally like a week later or yeah. so, you go out to Bristol City on loan. Yeah. So yeah. you're right. It's kind of an appearance sandwiched yeah. between two, yeah. two hugely successful loan spells. So yeah. it kind of makes sense that it's a bit of a blur. Yeah. Because you go on to have great success at Bristol City. I did, I did. And just touching on that, my debut, right? I'd been out injured for six weeks. I got injured playing for England under-19s in the Euros, what it was. And I, uh, I'd been trying to get fit on my own for six weeks with a physio. So I hadn't even done team training. And Harry got whisper of a few days before Harry's going to put you in. And I'm thinking, surely not. And I was like, I haven't even, I haven't even trained. And then like, I was speaking to maybe John or Alex, and I'm like, probably not, you're not fit. Maybe you'd be on the bench. I'm starting to get nervous, thinking, <laughs> hold on. Uh, he goes and throws me in, just out the blue. I said, I didn't even know you guys. You wouldn't have known me. It was just, bang, you're in. And uh, for the 90 minutes, I did all right. And then I, I went to him. I said, I'm cramping. I can't, I've gone here. Like, I had no team training, no team playing. And he's like, Nah, you'll be all right, son. Carry, you know what Harry's <laughs> yeah, like. no, Carry on. Like, you'll be all right. And uh, gave away a pen five minutes later. And I was like, I knew he should have took me off. I knew it. The 90 minutes itself were all right. The extra time wasn't the best. And then he goes in the papers and he's like, yeah, the young lad probably didn't know my name. He's like, he's, he's got cramp in his ears. You know, yeah. I was just <laughs> like, I just, yeah, that was my experience of like, okay, cool. This is, this is now the... I want to call it circus, to be honest with you, of the media and all that goes on. I said, when you're at Yeovil, you're away from that. So yeah. it was my first kind of like, wow, now you're in every, every paper, you're on Sky Sports and so on. So good learning curve, yeah. Set me up nicely for my loan spell. For your next loan spell, yeah. let's, let's touch on this one because this yeah. one was one for, for me that I looked at and I remember mm -hmm. you being there, Swansea, mm -hmm. working yeah. with Brendan Rodgers, if yep. correctly. How good was he and how good was that move to, to Swansea who were in the Premier League at that yeah, time? Yeah, it was unreal. Unreal. One of the best years of, of my career, that, to be honest with you. So, so, fast forward through Bristol City, another good year, came back, like, where am I going to go next? Premier League, come calling, not a single doubt in my mind, let's go. Um, Brenda Rogers picked me up from the train station. Little details like that I look back at, I'm like, he was, he was really good. You know, picked me up, drove me around the city, this is where you'd be living, this is where a lot of the players live here, da, da, da. this is a restaurant, love this place, going with my wife, so on. You know, just, I felt a part of something straight away. And it was a really nice touch from him. And, I mean, again, your career, I've not had that since. That's you know unbelievable. I mean? yeah. I've, I've always been a big fan of Brendan Rodgers, but yeah. hearing them kind of things, yeah. I never experienced that with any of my managers yeah. pick up the form, but for him to do that... Yeah, yeah it's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Definitely. It was a nice, nice touch. It helped me settle in, and I went there with 
great squad, the best squad. I, I mean, I mean, sorry, I was, Tottenham was my best squad, but uh, <laughs> but, no, 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 but, uh, but honestly, great squad. The banter was just insane. Um, we we thoroughly enjoyed that year, you know, on and off the pitch and working under Brendan. Who, um, I mean, playing at Yeovil and Bristol, right? We we weren't ball playing teams. Yeah. So I mean, Tottenham was obviously, mm -hmm. but again, I hadn't really been here. So Brendan taught me from scratch how to play out from the back and. They, they, he referred to me as a sponge because I just picked it up so quickly over the course of six weeks. Because in six weeks, I changed from long ball, hit the channels, you know, to then you, you're receiving the ball back foot inside your own box against United, against Arsenal. And I felt comfortable only because he taught me, this is your angle, this is your angle. And it's like, people think now it's easy, like when they watch it, and it's like the, how much work's gone into the manager, especially mm -hmm. like a Brighton, a Deserby, yeah. to, to have the team playing in that way, to, to you, everyone knows the next pass. So. Great year, loved, lovely experience. Um, and yeah, I loved it. First time earning good money, which was like, yeah, just everything was, everything was great. And you, know? you finished 11th in the Premier League. 11th. That, so yeah. you've got to realise yeah. the extent of, of how good it was for, for you personally, but yeah. for Swansea and Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. So then that brings us back to 12-13 when you come back to Spurs. And you're yeah. now an established Premier League player. As you can see, you've had one good season in there and yeah. now you're coming back and want to try and hit the ground running here. Talk us, talk us through that. Well, a lot of people don't know, but Liverpool actually tried to, to buy me that summer because Brendan had, had gone to Liverpool. So he actually tried to buy me. Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and Daniel Levy said, no, you're here to stay. Um, you know, we see you going all the way through and, you know, being part of Spurs for many, many years to come. Now, Villas Boas was the manager. He'd mm -hmm. stepped in. Now, I wanted to go to the Olympics because, well, it was a one-off experience. Yeah. I wanted to go play the Olympics. So I came in over to was it Spurs, Spurs Lodge. You were just, yeah. just transitioning to here. Spoke with Villas Boas. He said, no, Stephen is fine. Love your attitude. Love you want to go play. Look, you're still going to be one of my four centre-halves. Uh, no problem. Go and enjoy yourself. So went to the Olympics, come back. First game, Newcastle away. I'm in the stands. And I'm thinking, I'm doing the maths. I'm thinking, well, if one, two, two on the pitch, Two on the bench, I'm in the stands. I'm not one of your four, right? <laughs> I didn't deal with Matt as well, as you may remember. Um, and, and, and that, yeah, that was kind of, that was the first time where I'd experienced being out of a team. You know, I had them three wonderful years at Yeovil, Bristol and Swansea. And then it was like, wow, all of a sudden I'm back at Tottenham, uh, been in the Olympics, been around England, there was talk of England and, and I just wasn't playing. I was, mm -hmm. out, I was out of the team. So it started off very challenging, to be honest with you. Yeah, of course. Let's just talk briefly about your time playing for Team GB because yeah. not everybody gets to experience that. Going to an Olympics, home Olympics as well, mm. remember, London 2012. So what was your experience like playing alongside some, some familiar faces in the likes of Danny yeah. Rose, mm -hmm. other players, you know, Ryan Giggs was the captain of that side. Yeah. There were some big names in that team. So what was it like for you playing for Team GB? It's unreal, like just being part of the, the opening ceremony at, in London. That was crazy. Met LeBron James, got a picture. Uh, Kobe was there as well. So there were some, obviously, some big, big names. Mm -hmm. we, we spent a couple of nights in the village and Stuart Pierce like, you've got to get out, getting everyone out of here. Because in the Olympic village, um, there's not, well, it's, it's a free fall, basically. <laughs> and there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, distractions. A lot of distractions. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, you're experiencing this. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of distractions. And Stuart Pierce like, no, 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 we're out. So we only got a couple of nights there and then they took us out, put us in a hotel. And um, yeah, but just incredible. We played at Full House at Wembley, uh, Millennium Stadium. That was probably the best. We felt the atmosphere was rocking. Uh, played at Old Trafford. So great experience was we lost on penalties to, I think, South Korea, mm. which 
which was disappointing. It was that era where anything to do with England was just, we'd lose on penalties every time, you know. But um, even with the Welsh and the Scots, like, we just couldn't, we still couldn't do it. So uh, we went out, but great experience, yeah. Yeah, fantastic tournament. And as Dawes says, you know, then you're back at Spurs, made your debut under AVB against QPR. How, how was that season for you? Obviously, we talked about you starting off on the bench. Also, injuries has impacted you around that time of your career as well. So how was that season for you coming back to Spurs, moving forward? Up and down, if I'm honest. It was up and down. Um, and we, we were there battling mm. for the same shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Vertonghen. Yeah. He was a guaranteed name on the team sheet. Went on to be an incredible player. Was incredible that year as well. Gallas. Um, who else did we have? There's a few. God, my mind's gone blank. Four, I think there was four of us. Was we're there all, four? Yeah. Might, might, have been one more. might have been one more. God, I don't know that. No, I think it was. I think there was four of us. There's four of us, yeah. yeah. So, obviously, we're in good company here. Really good Absolutely. players to compete with in order to get the shirt. Was was giving it through default, really, at that QPR game. I think there was um, an injury or... Bass might really have bad. been here as well, actually. Bass might have gone to Norwich. Yeah. Might yeah. have been Bass. Yeah. Bass, Bass might have just stayed that one more season yeah. and went... Or he was in transition. There I was think. a few. I can't... I can't yeah, yeah. Okay, I can't believe I don't remember. But, yeah, there was there was a few of us around and, obviously, a strong competition. So, um, I, I got my debut in, in the second half of the QPR game and it, we turned it around. I think we won it. I think we might have been... It was even near when it was 1-0 at half-time or so. It came on and we won the game and it was obviously an amazing feeling. AVB decides he can trust in me, puts me on. For the next game, I think it was, might have been Old Trafford and we beat United there for the first time. Scored? Christian uh, scoring that game? Oh, was it that game? I can't remember if it was that exact game. Did Gaz score that game? Uh, Old Trafford. Yeah. It was Gaz. Gaz scored outside of his left boot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it was the first, yeah. first time in 23 years or so. Since the 80s. Yeah. That we'd time. beaten United yeah. at Old Trafford. Yeah. So that was that was mad. That was that was a mad experience for me, like 20 years of age. or Yeah, 20 years of age, being part of Tottenham, breaking yeah. statistics. Uh, that was insane. And then I went on like a... I want to say 15 plus game of, of playing every week mm-hmm. where literally I was, I was in the team. And um, if I'm honest, I didn't perform that well. You know what I mean? Like I, I look back and I think I had moments of where I played well, but most of it was, I was very inconsistent. It wasn't as good as what had been the previous year at Swansea. And, and then I lost my place. And, and then that's where I, I struggled, to be honest with you. I just didn't deal well with, I mean, I remember you, and you're not just saying it's because you're here, but I remember you being a really good example of someone who wasn't playing for a while. I don't think mm, you played yeah. that year, but you were professional. You'd always shake a hand before the game. You always, you were just, you were like that. I think that, I think that and, was a learning curve that I speak to the young lads about now. When yeah. AVB come in, you, I remember Newcastle. You said you were in the stands. I was at home in my front garden with my brother-in-law drinking beer. Yeah, like because yeah. I was such a bad place, but I just respected his decision and come and trained and and did yeah. my bits. It was a, it was a bad time for me as well in that that period. But you rode the storm. Yeah, and that's and that's the difference. Yeah. I look back and I look at that, and I said it's not just because you're here. I, I say to to many people, I'm, I look back and I look at the two of us, right? So when how you dealt with adversity, you might have had a beer in your back garden yeah. or whatever, but yeah. you weren't in the newspapers for. Yeah getting drunk out at nightclubs, you weren't uh, messing around in training, fighting with AVB, yeah. you, you kept it professional. Whereas I struggled with that. I remember the first game he dropped me after that 15 plus game of yeah. playing consecutively, I'm knocking on his door. Why am I not playing? Oh, because of this, you know, I just want to rest you, you're young. You're young. Yeah, but you're so young, you need to see the bigger picture. But you're young, I don't mm. understand. I said, what, what are you talking about? You're one of the youngest managers ever. Did you, were you patient? You weren't patient, so why are you telling me to be patient? You know, that was, that was me just a, a, above here, you know, banging on his door mm. saying that. And it was like, I look back, I'm like, so much uh, resentment, so much ego involved. Um, 
I just wasn't able to get out of my own way and see that actually I could have just waited two games, three games, would have been back in because the yeah. team wasn't exactly yeah. flying. Do you know what I mean? Gaz yeah. was saving us yeah, most games. Yeah, to be fair. Did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like I probably would have been back in, but I just couldn't. And then I, uh, I basically made it difficult for him then to pick me, you know. And then you came in, you started doing well. Yeah. Like, you might have formed a partnership with Vatongan. Yeah. I think it was with Gaz. Yeah, in November. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then and then I see it. You guys started kicking on, and I was just falling away, and I was making matters worse and worse for myself. I still played. That's the mad bit. I still got opportunities to yeah, play. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like, oh, that was the door closed. Yeah. I played, I want to say, 27 games that year, mm -hmm. right? So, and I played for England and scored for England. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, if you look now, if I, if I was to sit there and go to someone at the end of the year, right, you're 21 years of age at the end of that season, you've played 27 games for Spurs, you've played for England, you're all good, you know? But me, in my head, for the worst year ever, I wanted to play 47 games. Yeah. I hate AVB, I hate this club, I want out, you know? And it was just crazy, to be honest. I mean, I've sat back here 10 years later thinking, wow, like, why was it so... But I was hot-headed and very impulsive. But let's touch on your England. You just touched on it there. Yeah. yeah. You made your debut against Sweden. Yeah. And you scored. Mm -hmm. Talk about how special that, that must have been. It was special. It, it, it wasn't like I didn't really take it in, if I'm honest. It was kind of like we was back. I, I picked up an injury in the game and we had Arsenal on the Saturday. I remember that, you're coming back. So I was just like, I want to get fit for Arsenal. Yeah. So it's kind of like the moment almost passed me, if you like. But it was special. You know what I mean? It's certainly something I look back on and go, wow, that was incredible. Do you know what I mean? It's more hindsight rather than the actual moment. Because you know what it's like when you're playing, well, that was a Wednesday, I think, and I've got Arsenal on a Saturday. Yeah. I'm literally just racing to get this knee, get the swelling down. I want to play against Arsenal. I think I flew to Barcelona. I remember, sure I remember I you coming back with a bandage you scored for England. Did, yeah. you make this, did you make the weekend or did you miss it? No, I missed it. You missed oh, I flew it, to yeah. Barcelona Thursday. So got back Wednesday night. Thursday morning, straight to Barcelona. There was some specialists over there that AVB wanted yeah. me to see. Came back Friday, never made it. Um, I think, think they lost, lost that game. And uh, I was we, back we, in for the We won't talk about it. Yeah, we won't talk about <laughs> that. Defeat yeah. against Arsenal, we won't talk we about that too much. It, yeah, skip past that one, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that was quite a bit. It's on, on to the next one, on to the next one. Yeah, of course. It, I mean, it was a big game that you did score in as well. Obviously, we lost it yeah. in England. Yeah. Zlatan scores four goals, yeah. including that overhead kick <laughs> over <laughs> Joe Hart that yeah. everybody remembers. It's the Zlatan show. Yeah, it was the oh, Zlatan yeah. show. Yeah. But for us, you know, yeah. we look back and we're like, Stephen Corker, he got his yeah. one England cap yeah. and he bagged that day. So oh, no, it was, it was mad. Like, I came off the pitch at 2-1, right? Yeah. 78 minutes, 80 minutes, something around that time. And I just remember sat down there and Huddleston yeah. was like, uh, oh, everyone's going to know your name tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then next thing you know, he scores another three in the space <laughs> yeah, of the next yeah, 10 minutes. That, yeah. And then I'm looking at him, are you sure? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, <laughs> it. that's it, moment gone. I mean, it's always done. But one thing is, people never forget that game. So whenever yeah. I mention it, whatever yeah. I'm doing, I do bits of public speaking, so yeah. whatever I mention, that, that game, that yeah. game, what is that? And I'm like, What's yeah, that's the game, yeah. So <laughs> people never forget it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Doors, from your perspective, you know, Stephen talked a bit about some of his decision-making when he's going to talk about, talk to AVB and whatnot. What do you remember about him from that time? I remember being an awful lot of hype around Cox. Yeah. With Tim and Les and Chris and John that I, that I spoke to. I'd, I'd always had a, an interest in the academy players, not just here, but when I was at Forest, always. I'd, I'd been one of them. And Cox was obviously being out on loan and then being in England and was, was coming and competing for, for, for my position. So mm -hmm. I was one of them that only tried to help. I mean, Cox was, you could see, had all the attributes to, to be top 
physicality. And it, it, perfect in this day and age, we'll get onto that later, but still not playing, <laughs> looking at this. Yeah. Talk about a perfect, now you look back in the day, can centre-halves head it? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, are you quick? Can you deal with the ball? And he'd have been perfect in the making. Uh, yeah. Still only 31, so anyone out there, <laughs> have a look at the yeah, yeah. But no, he had yeah. all, all, all the attributes to, to do what he did all his career. He was glide across a pitch. He was quick, he was strong. And then just obviously picked up a few injuries, which was part and parcel of football, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we talk about England as well. A, a big moment for you in, in an England shirt came playing actually for the under-21s yeah. in that game against Serbia that many people will remember as we qualified for yeah. a big tournament. Yeah. But it was marred by very huge, huge amount of negativity mm-hmm. uh, from the Serbia fans with racist taunts to players like Danny Rose, who yeah. were here at the time. Mm. W- what are your memories of, of that? And how do you feel that that kind of experience shaped the next few years for you? Oh, it was disgraceful, to be honest with you. I mean, we've got another word to use for it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were monkey chatting throughout the game. They booed Rosie every time he got on the ball. Um, they were throwing stuff at him. Uh, he was playing, was he playing left back or left wing? I'm not sure where he was playing at the time. Obviously, he changed positions, but he's on the left side anyway. Yeah. So he's right next to them and they're just launching stuff at him. And, and he had enough, you know? Um, uh, and us as players were like, we didn't really know how to deal with it because, well, how do you deal with something like that? You know, I look back now and I think in hindsight, I, would have, I probably would walk off, probably would mm-hmm. say, boys, just get off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, in that moment, it just felt like we needed to, to get the game done and, and get out of there. Um, and then at the end of the game, they all they all ran on and players were starting to attack him. So yeah. me and Tom Ince had, had defended, uh, defended Rosie. And then we found ourselves um, a couple of months later being, um, I don't know what word to say, on trial maybe yeah. in, a, in a court case in Switzerland because uh, we'd been seen to, to touch the opponent. And um, insane. And it was just kind of like, you know, just trying to get our heads around that was, was difficult. And I mean, Rosie was the most affected, obviously, because it was it was so personal to him. It really was. Um, but just even being involved in that and seeing mm-hmm. it was wasn't wasn't nice. So, yeah, it was a bad experience. Thankfully, I've never experienced anything like it since anything at all like that. But uh, yeah, it wasn't 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 nice. Yeah, not great at all. And obviously there was, you know, bans put in place and and Serbia, I think, had to play the next two games behind closed doors. But something that you never want to see again on a football pitch. No, and we got banned as well. You yeah. know, we, we got banned. Me and Tom Innes, we missed the opening games of, of the Euros because we'd done that. He missed two games, I missed one because of, I said, like, preventing someone attacking yeah. Danny Rose. It was nonsense. But what goes on behind closed doors and FIFA and all of that, I mean, that's a whole other subject, you know. But uh, it was, again, for me, i tell you what it, what it did shape and, and did open my eyes to is, like, there's more to than just playing on a pitch. You know, when you grow up and you're watching whoever on the TV play as a youngster, it's all about football, right? When you experience that, you experience the other side of it, and the ugly side of it, to be honest with you. Of course. Certainly yeah. is, Cox, certainly is. So let's look f- fast forward to Ju- 2013, July. Cardiff come knocking. Yeah. Opportunity to go and play first-team football. Yeah. Is that something you regret doing? He's leaving this football club and going yeah, to Cardiff. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, we've got we've got to touch on, we've got to realise you were struggling at this moment in time with yeah. with, with issues that yeah. people didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to go into to, to, to them. Yeah, I will, yeah. Was you in the Bahamas? Yes, I was, yeah. Was you in the Bahamas, yeah. Right? End of so, season, we went. End of season. So I didn't want to go to that trip. I didn't want to go. I remember saying to my agent, I don't want to go. It's some kind of celebratory trip. You know, I know there yeah. was a game there, but yeah, there was, yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't feel a part of it. And I was forced to go, basically. And I went, and it was a 
Well, it was carnage, as you probably remember. <laughs> I was I was drinking, and when I drink, my issue is I black out. Okay. So I don't stuff that you remember. I won't be able to remember. So you'll know more okay. about that trip than me. You know what I mean? Okay. So I would I would take a drink. It might be the first drink or the tenth drink. One of them will will go straight to my head, and I'll black out, and I don't know what's going on. So my behaviour was disgraceful that trip in front of Joe Lewis, in front of Daniel Levy, in front of other members of staff, in front of players. I was completely inappropriate. At this point, you're 21? Yeah. 21. 21 years old as well. Yeah. But he knew. I look back, you know, he gets, you know, he, he's a very shrewd businessman. Mm. And he was looking at me going, I'm not sure that he, I was a liability. And I think he could see that. I'd shown him it, you know, enough time. So I think at that moment, he thought, if you want to go, you're Adam and you want to go, go. And uh, yeah, I, I, I went. Um, don't get me wrong, when I first went to Cardiff, it was unbelievable. I absolutely loved it. Like, new new club in the Premier League, first time they've been there. The yeah. city's unbelievable. Uh, I got given the armband after four games. Loved working with Malky. Wow. First six months, to be honest with you, I was like, best decision ever made. That was like incredible. Felt so special. Uh, 10th or 11th in the Premier League. Malky got sacked. And if I think for that moment, to be honest with you, it's been a rocky road. And I look back and I'm like, why was I not more patient? You know what I mean? Why did I not come and sit behind you for that year? Wait, you know, you're going to pick up injuries. Yeah. You're going to have lack of form. Spurs actually struggled. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we B did. Got, yeah, yeah, BB got sat. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, 13, 2013. Yeah. So it would yeah. have been that, 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 that season. When you went in the summer, it was that season. And it wasn't that many games in, was nah, it? No, it wasn't, no. And was Tim took over. Yeah. And yeah. Tim, Tim loved the youth. Yeah, yeah. Was a big fan of me. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like hindsight, you think, yeah. well, you know, but I didn't. I made that decision, went to Cardiff. I said, love the first part of the year. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came in for the second part of the year. It didn't work out. You know, I think that he was probably unaware that we were going to be in a relegation battle, signed players ready for us to compete as if we're going top four. Went the opposite way, yeah. uh, got relegated. And and, and that was that was probably a slap around the face. I want to say it was my first real slap to reality of like, wow, like that bubble of Tottenham, that's gone. Yeah. Now you're you're facing the championship, so yeah, it was it's definitely something I look back and regret now. You talked about some of some of the issues that had cropped up around your time at Spurs before you left to Cardiff. Are they things that you tried to keep away from your teammates? Obviously, you said on that trip having a drink in front of your teammates, but were these things that were going on beforehand? Yeah, I'd as been, well? yeah, I'd been to rehab at 19, so I've been to rehab. I was at Swansea. That was for the gambling. Gambling was was my primary addiction. Okay. Uh, well, still is because for me, I never leave it. You know, I never leave behind addiction. It stays with me, and I have to I have to manage it day to day. Mm -hmm. um, but then alcohol was creeping in more and more, and you'd have to ask Dorse if I mean, I, w I would say surely you guys knew that I was different. Uh, I don't know, or or, <laughs> or 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 maybe just thought I was young and dumb. Like, it'd be interesting to actually know, like, mm. your, your honest thing of what you I thought. I think that trip, we yeah. all went and we all had a good time. Yeah. We all had a drink, some more than others. Yeah. Which is, which you've got when you've got a dressing room. <laughs> Corks was one of them, but we had a, we had a few others in the... There's in, a few, in, there's a few, a few young lads. Yeah. Which is, he's only young, there was, there was no trouble, there was nothing like that. We were yeah. just enjoying ourselves. Yeah. But we probably thought Corks, like, enjoyed himself. As a young player, I would have yeah. gone in and probably not been as... <laughs> as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I like to go out, but yeah. I was always like, look, I'm still young, I'm still one of them. Yeah. Corks came in and he was yeah. obviously had felt a big big part of part of that. That's yeah. just, just how but everyone's different in the ways, Corks. That's just how that's human yeah. nature. Yeah. It's interesting because as I said, like I'm interested to know from your side because from my side it's almost like a blur. So from what you're seeing, he doesn't care. That's been that's been said to me a few okay. times. People have said to me, especially at Southampton, they're like, oh, we just thought you didn't care. And I'm like, you mad? Like I care yeah, so, so much, much about yeah. football. But 
my way of showing it would be drinking, blocking it all out. And you know what I mean? It was, it was a mad way of showing it. And yeah, yeah it's interesting well, to know. That's why with dressing room, you have a perception of, of a player. Yeah, like when you said you were nervous. Yeah. I'd have never said Cox was a nervous player that like, I was one of them. Every game I got nervous inside. People say, I never thought you got nervous, Doss. Mm. Like, sit with Harry Maguire after, before when I was at home with him. Do you get nervous? Of course you do. You mm. want to do mm. so well. It's not the fear of scared. It's a fear of failure and making a mistake and letting your teammates down, letting the fans down. Yeah. And, and I would have never thought you were one of those players that was nervous. So young, coming into a first-team environment. Yeah. I came here at 21. And class myself as a baby. Yeah. You're 19 coming into a dressing room. Yeah. That is yeah. young. Yeah, the pressure yeah. you must face at that age, being a teenager and playing in the Premier League. Like you, we've spoken before about, you know, you're on TV every week. Yeah. You're now, you said about mm -hmm. being in the papers, you're in the media. So the amount of pressure that's put on a 19-year-old's shoulders is, is so much. Yeah. It must be so intense. It is, but everyone deals with it differently. And if you look at Jude Bellingham right now, he deals with it exceptionally well. You know, from the outside, let's yeah. say. We don't yeah. know what goes on inside, yeah. we never know. But True. there's certain individuals where you look and go, they've handled it really well. If you look at, I don't know, maybe a Wayne Rooney, you'd go, okay, he's obviously had his challenges and maybe not that. He's been in since 16. Since mm -hmm. 16, he's been in the public eye. So I look, and, and the reason why I mention these players' names is because I look, I often look and go, what's, what's, what's going on behind the scenes? Because often young players are just chucked into the limelight and it's like, then you pick apart, why is he dipped in form? Why is he done this Deli Alley? obviously yeah. an example that everyone listening will know very well. Um, there's so much that goes on and it's like, I, I, I try to do a lot of work with young players and provide them with the tools in order to deal with it, to process it, because there's no telling someone what to do, but I just think there could be certain tools that, that can help you deal with it better, um, certainly better than what I did. You know? I think that's great, Cox. Mm -hmm. But if, really we're all, if we're all as wise as we were today, is when <laughs> yeah. you're 18, 19, yeah. we'd have all made different decisions, different yeah. rash yeah. decisions. And I, and I certainly would a long way. When yeah. I left, I, I left at 30, would I have gone, no, I'd have stayed for another year because mm. I thought I wanted to play football and all these kind of things. So yeah. we haven't got the crystal ball. Yeah. But more importantly, how are you today, Cox? Good, today I'm good. You know, today I, I managed to keep my, my demons at bay. I said, they're, they're still there. Yeah. They're, they still come talking to me every now and again. So you know what, you can, you can get that money back that you've lost by gambling. The gambler, so that's the one that just, just, mm. just eats me alive. It was always there in the back of my head. And uh, I have to manage it. So I, I go to yeah. uh, Gamblers Anonymous, I go to Alcoholics Anonymous, and just, I take it day by day. And today I'm good, I'm in a good place, see some old yeah. faces. And I try to just not think about the future, not think about the past, because you've mentioned a couple of times, like, I'm, yeah. I'm without a club right now. Yeah. And it's easy for me to go into the past. Wow, sat here, I remember being here, yeah. I remember training there. It's easy to go back into that, just as easy as it is to go into, my career's over, there's nothing. Whereas I'm like, we just keep it in today. You know, I've had a really good day so good. far, been good, and good. I, I, that's just my mentality right good. now. We like that. Yeah. Well, let's go back to something that was good as well. Well, yeah. I can imagine it was good, yeah. because I love this manager. Yeah. Your time at Liverpool. Yeah, for Jurgen good, Klopp, yeah. let's yeah. just touch on that and your time yeah. at Liverpool. I yeah. bet that was, was special and, and a little bit out of the blue. Yeah, well, completely out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> completely out of the blue, wow, yeah. I, um, I've told a story a few times. I was drunk in Dublin. Um, okay, I've not heard this one. You've not heard no, it, I've huh? not heard this one. I was, I this was, is how it starts. This I can't yeah. wait to hear this one. So I was at Southampton not playing. Yeah. The only game I had played that year, we'd lost 6-1 to Liverpool at an absolute beast, right? So I'm there, drunk in Dublin, out of the squad, you know, weekend off, go do... Cumin didn't go do whatever you want. Um, woke up, about four missed calls from agent. I'm thinking, oh, what's this now? So I'm thinking... I'm in the papers again. I've blacked out, so I don't know what I've done. Mm -hmm. Do you know I mean, I've obviously been up to mischief because I'm fully clothed lying on the floor when I wake up. So I'm thinking this is not a good, not a good start to my day. Take the call. He's where are you? I said uh, Dublin, and he's like, 
you to get yourself back. I said, why? He said, you sitting down? I said, well, yeah, I'm lying down, actually. He's like, you've got to move to Liverpool. What? He said, I said, come on, man. I said, I'm, I'm thinking I'm still, I'm still drunk. I am still drunk, to be honest with you. He's like, sober yourself up and get home. You've got to move to Liverpool. I said, how? He's like, look, I'm just waiting for confirmation, but it's going to happen. You know, he was an experienced agent. He, he Gaz's his agent, you know, okay. and, many, and many others. So he, he knew the game. And, uh, and that was it. So I'm waking up my friend, waking up, I've got to get back, we've got to get back. He's a scouser, by the way, which makes it even more mad. So he's like, <laughs> what? No way. So, um, Rush to the airport, get back home, grab all my stuff, uh, drinking Barocca after Barocca, trying to like sober up. And uh, I was then on the train going to Liverpool and uh, the deal was happening. And this was like Sunday, Sunday. So I was in Liverpool by Monday. We played Arsenal on the Wednesday. Yeah, it was like, and, and I came on. He came on, I remember yeah. you coming came on. So it was just like, how was this happening? How's it happened? Came on up front. Yeah, like, I was came gonna up say, front. it wasn't yeah. traditional yeah. Stephen Corker no. at the back playing no. in defence. It was up top, up end top. of the game, looking yeah. for a match winner. That's it. The match winner, no, the equaliser came. Yeah. The equaliser came, finished 3 3, broke Arsenal's hearts. So we just sat there like, that was surreal. And Klopp saying to me after the game, like, See, you see people think you're crazy until it pays off. And I remember that because it's actually stuck with me for a while now. It's like people would all obviously think you're putting a centre and a half up front, yeah. but it paid off it and paid he off. was just like, he was buzzing. I was buzzing, obviously. And uh, I had a good little run for a little period of time there where it was like I was coming on up front and yeah. uh, we had the, mm -hmm. another famous game against Norwich and we ended up uh, winning the game and I was involved in that. And so it was some good, really good moments within it. But um, I, don't, I don't think he wanted to sign me. I think I've been been in football long enough now to know some deals happen where the manager isn't involved, you know, between agents, directors, whatever. I think it was one of those. Um, and I was kind of in the middle of it, which which probably wasn't the best thing. A nice experience, though. It, it was. It was a good experience. Like, they, it, I looked, pros and cons with it. Because okay. because after that period had finished, it, I, I asked him, like, you know, my, you know, what can I do to play? And I, I was a lot more chilled at that point. So I wasn't banging on his door. Mm. It was just like, yeah. what can I learn from you and all that? And... And yeah, it, it was just kind of like nothing. You're just whatever, kind of dismissed. And it ended up with me actually going for my second stint in rehab. It kind of just, it was like at the moment where I thought, here's my time, let's take a break out. Um, but definitely the experience. I mean, you know, I mean, who, who else could say they've done that? As a centre half, not many could say. Absolutely. I've been at Anfield, been up top, uh, got the equaliser, part of the equaliser, sorry. And uh, yeah, so special moments. Definitely. And a, yeah. big, a big part of your journey as well. Definitely a story to... Definitely, yeah. To talk about. Definitely. It keeps getting me talking gigs as well. That, so <laughs> helps, helps, yeah. Obviously, after that, you went. Yeah. You, you played for a number of clubs yeah. across Europe, really. Yeah. You went up to Scotland to play. You mm -hmm. played a bit in Turkey. You journeyed around a little bit. Yeah. What was the kind of thoughts behind that? Is that just opportunities that came up at the time? Were you specifically trying to... Yeah. Um, well, after leaving Dundee, I, ha I had no options, actually. Okay. I left Dundee. I went to Dundee for a break. You know, I just felt that was the right time to get away from the pressures of England. I was in the paper every week for all the wrong reasons. And uh, I was trying to get sober. And I'm battling trying to get sober whilst in the limelight. It's not a good combination. So yeah. went to Dundee and always had a break away from all of that. Left Dundee in the summer, which had already been agreed. Um, I, had a, I had a move four games into Rosenberg. Two million they came in and offered. And I had a percentage of the, the sell-on as well. And what percent, again, I look back at my career, what, they were Europa League. And it's like, why would you not? take that move. Like, why would you not, even the club, if you go to the club, well, you, you'd have got two million for a club like Dundee. But somehow me and the manager sat there and was like, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll see out to the summer and all will be good. Summer come, we're getting nothing. My reputation's ruined. You know, obviously people are still 
thinking of me as this drunk and all that. So ended up being out of football for six months and then just training on my own. We spoke about earlier how hard it is mm. to get up, training more on your own. But mm. I just wanted to tell my story from a position of strength. I didn't want to be that guy going at 26 or 27, whatever I was, oh, I'm done. I didn't want, to, didn't want that to be the case. So trained, reached out to every team possible. Um, nobody was having it. And then one guy in Turkey went, come here, come on trial. Um, he's an absolute legend in Turkey, by the way, legend. Uh, and he's just there blowing smoke in my face. Um, <laughs> talking to the translator. They didn't even look at me the whole time, honestly. The only time he looked at me was the blowing smoke, right? It was like, it was a mad experience. And he's like, yeah, I know you and I've seen you play before. I need to see you on trial. Did really well, because I'd kept fit. Yeah, Did really yeah. well, offered me a deal. And best two and a half years of my career. Best two and a half years of my career, honestly. Just, it just, I was sober. Um, everything just seemed to come together. I was living on a beach, uh, great club. We finished top five, we went to Europe, mm -hmm. we were in cup finals. It was a small club, by the way. It was just, you know, one of those mm -hmm. like periods where the club were just flying. Loved it, absolutely loved it. And um, was in team of the year consecutively. So got the move to Fenerbahce. Yeah. And, then, and then again, that was a, a tough experience. You know, one of the biggest clubs uh, for me in the world, actually, when you go there and actually experience the, the size of it. I mean, you're under pressure player for Tottenham, right? You go there, it's 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 intense, you know, Fenerbahce, Galatasaray and so on. The new manager came in and didn't want me. It was only after two days. And I was just like, how's that possible? But in Turkey, anything is possible, A anything. You know, the one one guy told me like, don't ever say you've seen it all because there's always something new to to, to experience in Turkey. And uh, yeah, and then it kind of put a bit down on it. But, but nonetheless, I've learned a language, learned a new culture, experienced a new culture. Um, and, 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 and put me back on the map, you know, mm -hmm. give me, give me some, some self-respect. You had some trauma over there, though. You mm -hmm. had a, there was a bush, cra bush crash yeah. and one of your, yeah. your teammates yeah. lost his lives. Yeah, that was, that was horrific. Um, we'd both signed together at the same time with sharing rooms. And in Turkey, you stay, you stay at a training ground before every, every home game, every away game, you're in hotels as well. So we spent a lot of time together. Um, and yeah, it's only a few months in to, to our to our spell, and we we got uh, we got like a private taxi back from a game because the, the because you fly you fly all around the, the country actually indirect and it's mad. So five of us said we'll we'll get in a, a private taxi back. Um, five minutes from home, seven hour journey, last five minutes from home, and uh, the driver fell asleep, and. Deep, went off track and we're all in the obviously in the back and it, it was just an absolutely horrific ordeal um and he'd obviously put his hand on the 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 door to hold himself but the door opened you know so he's, he's out the door and just um experiencing that was 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 awful you know um for his family he's a newborn baby you know his wife was there really really tragic situation and um and, and the figures with turkey probably similar to other uh, muslim countries it happens just like that so that that was four o'clock in the morning, and we're having a, a funeral for him. Was it the same day or the, or the next morning? That was the next morning. Remember the funeral? So his mum, his wife, sorry, and his parents, I can't get to grips with this. Mm. And I was I was her first point of contact. I, I went and knocked on her door and said, "This is what's happening. He's in hospital." So right. she felt, you know, that she could ask me what was going on, and I'm almost like, oh, I don't know. I'm I'm there crying myself, mm. you know. Um, yeah, it's really difficult. You can imagine in England. You normally have a period of to digest things, you yeah. know, but over there it was 24 hours, you're having a funeral. So, uh, yeah, really tough experience. Um, but when we came through as a team, you know, kind of brought us together more because uh, forget football in those moments, you know what I mean? It's about, right. it's about Absolutely being right. together for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think mm -hmm. moments like that put things into perspective. Yeah. Um, 
and it's just yeah an awful thing for you to go through yeah definitely really tragic circumstances yeah but in terms of of your football at that period and Dawes and I were talking about this a little bit earlier international we saw you turn out for England in a friendly yeah you scored yeah but then you represented Sierra Leone yeah yeah. And Dawes, you said you remember I remember watching this. I remember <laughs> watching it. I remember seeing Corks and he was I'm thinking, how are they running around this heat? The heat was <laughs> insane. Sticking to Corks. I remember, 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 it. remember, remember it. Oh, that was that was bizarre. I've got to be honest. Like I, I, I was sat there in Turkey, uh Carlton Cole reached out, was like, Look, uh my uncle is part of the presidency or something along those lines in, in Sierra Leone, that they want to call you for AFCON. I said, okay, it's interesting. Like, uh, yeah, what does it look like? You know, what, is, what does it look like? So I ended up having a conversation with the manager and I thought, let's go for it, you know? Like, it's, it's a country that uh, I actually know well. You know, people think, like, I don't know any. I'm like, no, I've, I know well. My, my granddad's from Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've built schools there. I've been involved in quite a lot of charity work. So I've been, been, been visited the country frequently and I felt, why not? You know, yeah. why not? It's not something that I guess I planned to do at the start of my career, but why not? And uh, one experience, seriously, like one experience. Like AFCON, uh, I've, we've just finished our, our last AFCON qualifiers as well. Unfortunately, we were unsuccessful this time around, but the experience of going to all these different countries, the different cultures, uh, the madness that goes on, to be honest with you. Like, Some of them tackles in that, oh my oh, wow. gosh, yeah, I'm yeah. watching it going. Yeah, yeah, that's with VAR as well, with VAR. <laughs> And it was the game. It was. It was. There was a game in that tournament where the referee blew up at I think 84 minutes. Yes, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, 84 minutes, and then at 89, yep. in the same game. So, so it was, that was wild. Even with VAR, you see some strange things going on over there. But um, you know what is what is nice about there, right? Is how much it means to the people. So like they are so behind us. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. So uh, Sierra Leone is a very poor country, um, and there's a lot of poverty. But when it comes to the football, oh my God, it is like we are everything to them. And it, you know what? Like that feeling alone, it means something. Do you know what I mean? When you're playing for them, it's not like, oh, it's nothing. Like, I mean, we, we, we were banned from playing at home because there was no, uh, no the standard of the mm-hmm. pitch wasn't up to, to FIFA requirements. So we couldn't play at home. But I've seen all the videos, 90,000 people there, like crawling over the things to get into what it means so much. So uh, I had the honor of being asked to be captain, mm. right? So I've led them for the last year and a bit. And um, depending on whether I still play football or not now, I may continue, but honestly, unbelievable experience, unbelievable experience. yeah. So early on in this year, mm-hmm. you were playing for Wigan. Yeah. How did that come about? Through Colo Torre, yeah, through Colo Torre. So during my time at Liverpool, mm. I played with Colo, knew him well. Uh, I felt like my time in Turkey was done, four years was enough. Yeah. Uh, came back, I had about three or four offers, which which was promising. Um, and Colo just managed to just convince me, just like pulled on me as a like as a friend and look, you know, come I said, Yeah, but I'm sure you've got problems with, with payments and stuff. No, 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 none of that. No, maybe a couple of hours late, don't worry about that. I said, okay, Colo. Um, but what about, you know, the the team gonna make some signings? Cause you know, I think the bottom of the league at the time, yeah, yeah, all all fine. And uh, as you do as a manager, you wanna sign people and, and so on. And uh, so I went there. And he got sacked after 10 days. And I was just like, oh my God, like what's going on here? So I played two games and he's gone. And a new manager comes in and I'm like, this is like deja vu. Same thing happened to Fenerbahce. Mm-hmm. Just new in, new manager comes in. He wants to bring in his own centre-halves, goes and gets Martin Kelly uh, and Omar from, from Arsenal. And uh, I'm there just like, 
I'm not going to play. Like, I, I can tell I'm not going to play. So, um, thankfully, as a little bit more experienced than what I was as a <clears throat> as a 21 year old at Tottenham, and uh, I just I was there. I was fine. It was good around the place. Was positive. Encouraged everyone. Helped the young boys. Had a good relationship with the manager. And uh, at the end of the season, went you know thank you, but it's time that I go that way and, and you go that way. So, um, a bit of a rough experience to be honest with you, but. You know, football is, is one day it's Carlo Torre, <clears throat> next minute it's, it's Sean Maloney. You see it all the time, especially in the Premier League. It's just managers chop and change. And one day they like you, then the next they don't. So it's just learning to deal with that side of it. Um, but it was nice to be back in England and, and playing the championship after what's been a crazy journey to yeah. come back and play. I take pride in that, you know, I take pride in, 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 in returning. So where are we now, Cox? What's, what, what's your plans? Still wanting to play? Still looking for a club? Yeah, still want to play. Yeah. Still looking to, uh, still looking for a club. Um, I want it to be the right package, so I don't just want to go and sign it anywhere. Uh, I need to be right for my family. I've got family now. Yeah. I'm uh, 31. I'm not like young and go, right, let me just go and live here or live there on my own. Uh, if it's the right place, if it is abroad and they've got international schools and it's the, the manager wants me, great. But that's most important, I'm just touching yeah. there. The manager needs to want me. Yeah. Not a sporting director that goes, yeah, I can get him in and do this. I, I want the club as a whole to want me. Um, because that's, that's, that's where you, you, you get given time. Because I, I, let's say, for example, I go and sign somewhere tomorrow. I'm not going to be match fit, right? So if a manager's going to write me off after one day, th there is no logic to it, yeah. do you know what I mean? So uh, I'm looking, um, I'm keeping fit. Um, and if the phone, come, the phone comes, then I'm, then I'm ready. Fingers crossed for you. Definitely. You. I've also read, Stephen, that you've got aspirations in the future to become a football manager. Is absolutely, that correct? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I think your yeah. experiences yeah. that are so unique. Yeah. I think they'll stand you in good stead and I, I could see you doing a great job. Thank you. I'm doing my badges now. Uh, I love it. I do bits of coaching as well. I really, really enjoy it. So I would love to be a manager. And I feel like I feel like I've got unfinished business. There's always a part of me that goes, you know what, me in the Premier League, we've got unfinished business. It might be over for me as a player, but I, I feel like as a manager, watch this space. 10, 15 years from now, yeah, I want to be there. I like it, Cox. Yeah. You also tell us a little bit about the project. Behind the white lines? Yeah, behind the white lines. So just supporting young players as they transition. So, I mean, the stats are there for everyone to see. 99% of players, young players aren't going to make it. So what happens to the 99% is, is, is the question. And tragically, after doing lots of case studies, players have taken their own life. Players have ended up in jail. Most of those players end up not knowing which direction to turn. So we've created a, a safe space for these players to transition through to new pathways. So education, universities, like free scholarships. Uh, businesses, so had really good companies, HBC being one of them, who are like, look, we can, you can get apprenticeships through us. Um, and then lastly, just helping them get back into football. So it depends which level they, the, 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 you know, that they, they, they get into. But there's no, what I teach them is, there's no thing in going to play non-league football. If you love football, go and play non-league. Go, I want to help you. So we help find them clubs and find them trials. Go and play non-league whilst doing your studies, whilst doing that. And then what we're finding is so many players are, are coming back to us going, they feel happy. You know, and that's something that I can't ask more of, really. If we're giving players a, an opportunity to be themselves, feel happy. And, uh, and yeah, and if we see some of them go back on to play in the Premier League, amazing. But if we see them going to work in the bank, I'll be just as happy. So it's a, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good, really good project. And I'm, 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 I feel... I feel, I, feel, I, feel, uh, I feel quite proud, actually, to be you part of it. You should be proud, Thank Cox. You. Yeah. I, honestly, when you finish, look, I've been very fortunate to play till I was 37, and then had opportunities at Sky, at, the, at Spurs. You need opportunities. Yeah, as I say, sure. not everyone's been as fortunate, and you look back and think, if that was me going out of the game, what would they have been? 
He said, 99% of players don't make it. Yeah. They have to have a structure in their lives. They've got to have an opportunity and fair play to you. Yeah, Good on you. Yeah, you. massive credit. Because it, it could be so easy to just turn a blind eye and just focus on yourself and I've got to get myself back into playing. I want to become a manager and do my coaching badges. But you're actively there trying to help other people who have gone through you know, similar things in, in the early stages of their career. So massive, massive credit to you, Steve. Well, thank you. Amazing, Cox. Thank Cox, you. thank you so much. We're not letting yeah. you go just yet. The okay. seven questions that yeah. everyone who sits on the, on the sofa with us uh, gets asked this. So Matt's going to fire us away with the first one. All right, shall I kick off yours? All right, here we go. So, Stephen, what is your favourite piece of football memorabilia that you own? Now, you've had, you've had an interesting career where you've played across various countries so you must have collected some some nice little bits of memorabilia have you got a particular favorite it has to be aguero it has to be aguero shirt yeah just the amount of respect i've got for him twisting and twining me like <laughs> throughout throughout my years i feel your pain man you feel I've been it, there. <laughs> it has to be like his shirt for me is like yeah I, I've, I've got a lot of respect for him so he'd probably be my my Favorite slash worst player to play against. <laughs> oh, yeah. what a player! Yeah, favorite Spurs kit. Favorite Spurs if you kit think from any. It's got to be the year that I played. It's got to be. To be honest, it's got to be it's the year I played. That what season was it? Twenty. 13, 14 season. Was that the Under Armour one with the collar? Yeah, it was Under Armour, yeah. yeah. Under Armour I, 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 yeah. I actually really like that yeah. kit. So do I. Yeah. Smart kit. All the versions as well, home, away, and the third kit. Yeah. They were all proper neat that year. Yeah. Really like them. They were nice. Strong. All right, Stephen. Um, who is, you talked about Aguero just then, but who is your favourite Spurs player you ever played with? Played with? Bale. Sorry, Dawson. Nice. Sorry, Dawson. <laughs> I was waiting for his Sorry, reaction. Gaz was mine. Gaz yeah, was a joke. It's, it's got to be, yeah. What a player. That, yeah. that year, 12-13, how many games did he win us? Yeah. Single-handedly. Yeah, I mean, look, we had Modric, we had some unbelievable talent. Berber, I played, was unbelievable. Gaz was a winner. Yeah, Won was, his games like in the yeah. park, didn't he? We were insane. very fortunate. Insane. Right, now, what's your all-time Spurs five-a-side team? So you didn't even have to play with them, you can just put them in. Just yeah, them in. and I'm, I'm intrieved to hear this response because right, we've had some it, great it, responses so far. And you think of Cox's academy players gone on yeah, to play. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Um, I would start with, with Hugo in goal. I'd go with Hugo. New goal? Start. Yeah, uh, Ledley. Ledley was just, he was just uh, incredible. I think, I think the best at half in England, personally. Yeah, uh, Ledley. Modric, got to train with him. Didn't get to play with him, but train with him. Uh, so we're on three, yeah? Yeah. Got to go H up top. So I'm going to H up top. Well, the other one's got to be Gaz. It's got to be He's Gaz. Got to be Gaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking in my head, yeah, <laughs> Gaz, yeah. You, you saved go. me. You well, saved you me. You can't yeah. argue with that team. To be yeah. fair, what a team that Hugo, is. Hugo, yeah. King, Modric, Bill. Kane. Kane. Oh, that's got everything. Unbelievable. It's got everything. Ledley would just defend at the back on his own. Yep. Yeah. And then you get the rest of them causing all sorts of problems up top. Yeah, that'd be that'd be my father's side. That is a team that anybody would be proud to play alongside. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll yeah. tell you what, that is incredible. Yeah. For sure. You've played with all of them as well, no? Yeah. yeah. There you it's go. So knows first hand. Yeah. You two. Yeah. Do you know what I mean about Luca, right? So I said I never got a chance to play in a game with him, but just in training when I would be called up trying the first team. It was the weight of his pass. You know, you know, as a defender, sometimes you can read now and again, not, not often with him, <laughs> now and again, you can read where it's going to go. Even when I would read his pass, the weight was just that, like, immaculate. It was just, I could never get there. Get there. I, 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 just, I was just like about him. Like, it's still uh, to be going. 
So, oh, at the, the top level. Yeah, yeah, top level. Yeah, incredible, insane. unreal player. Um, Stephen, what would be one piece of life advice that you would give someone? Down but never out. Yeah, it's a saying that I, I like to live by myself. So down but never out. So there's moments in our life where we're all going to face adversity. There's moments where we're going to all feel down. Um, but but I, I never rule myself out and I don't think anyone else should either because there's always ways to, to come back, to reinvent yourself um, in new ways. It doesn't have to be the same way. And, and, and yeah, that's definitely something that I, that I live by and I encourage others to do the same. Love that. Very true. Like yeah. it. Who is your Spurs unsung hero? Player that maybe didn't get the recognition that deserved. Yeah, I know straight away. Moussa Nambele. Moussa Nambele. Everyone says him, don't Shout. they? Yeah. So many Moussa people. Moussa I know straight away. I, like, so many people ask me about him, and I'm like, he was unbelievable. Like, he was so good. And I don't know why he doesn't get the credit yeah, or recognition yeah. that I think he deserves, but unbelievable player. Really good guy as well. Yeah. He's so humble. Yeah. Such a nice guy, yeah. Got to get him on this sofa, to be honest. Oh, got yeah. to get That's him on That's your next challenge. This sofa. There you go, yeah. mate. Do you reckon I can make it happen? Well, yeah. If anyone can. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Not to blow my own trumpet, but I'll make go. it happen. I'll make it happen. And I'll let you close out, my friend. In your opinion, who was the greatest ever Spurs player? Greatest ever Spurs player? I'm going to have to give it to Harry Kane. I'm going to have to give it to Harry Kane. I just think what he's done over the last what, 10 years is just, it's just been phenomenal. Like, just incredible. And he's led the team. Um, yeah, and just again, like such a good guy. Like I know we're saying that about a lot of people, but but that's not the case actually. It's not the case. There's a lot. There's a lot of arrogant players out there, and with a lot of ego. But Harry's certainly not one of them, you know. And he's just uh, everything he does is proper. He's so professional. And having come through the youth team with him, mm. I just got a little bit more respect for him because he wasn't always this good. I tell you that he wasn't always this good. Like he worked hard to be as good as he is. So for me, he's he's the best. No one could argue with that, Cox. Yeah. Cox, once again, thank you so much for being open. Yeah. People will love to listen. And honestly, amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks for having Cheers, me. Steven. Cheers, thanks for having me. Wish you well, Cox. Cool, thank you. Thank you. 12 step recovery programs, like the ones discussed in this interview, are free of charge. You'll find a list of local meetings and support mechanisms by visiting these websites www.alcoholics-anonymous.org.uk or www.gamblersanonymous.org.uk Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.